Welcome back to In the Know. I'm Luke Diamond. And I'm Kendall Van Horn. How was your Thanksgiving, Kendall? It was good. It was nice to see family and go home, hang out, not do homework for five days. Procrastinate or are you prepared? Procrastinate. Yeah, same. And now it's kind of coming back to bite me. Oh, yeah. I've always found Thanksgiving to be a deceptive holiday because your body kind of goes into vacation mode and then you come back to school and uh, get your butt handed to you. By your finals. Right. And we're so close to being done. It's just like, can we just be done already? Second to last episode. Here yeah. we go. Wow. All right. What do you say we jump in? Yeah, let's do it. One of the disadvantages of living in a big city like Minneapolis is that we can't really see the stars. Light pollution tends to drown them out. But the Bell Museum on the University of Minnesota's St. Paul campus is trying to change that By hosting... Hosting a... Star party. A star party. Yep. So the Bell Museum offers the Twin Cities community a chance to view the stars every month when they host stargazing parties. They're meant to help spark interest in the universe, and this year they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Apollo moon landing, in addition to their regular star parties. And so that was when the first humans landed on the moon in July of 1969. Man on the moon. So what happens at a star party? That's what I wanted to find out. So I went to one last month. The Bell Museum sits in the middle of a large expanse of land on St. Paul campus. It offers all kinds of different exhibits, and it's pretty hard to miss, with a woolly mammoth peering out the top floor window. On the night of the event, activity booths lined the edges of the lobby. And just beyond that, people waited to enter the planetarium. Outside, groups of people waited in the cold to look through one of the big telescopes, which pointed at the night sky. I saw a boulder. I saw a lot of craters, and I think I might have saw Sea of Tranquility. What is Sea of Tranquility? It's where Apollo 11 was supposed to land, but didn't land. When when I looked in there, I saw tons of craters, probably like... Those young astronomers were two of hundreds of stargazers who gathered on the Bell Museum's deck to peer at the moon. Yeah, there's, there, there's blue, red, orange, yellow, and white. Last month's event was part of a statewide star party. Events just like that one were held across the state of Minnesota over the course of the weekend. I spoke to Sarah Comparud, the Planetary Programs Coordinator at the Bell Museum, And I asked her why they do all of this. This idea of reaching more Minnesotans and getting further out across the state and having a community event where we're all doing the same kind of thing to build not just what we're doing in our local little neighborhoods and local communities, but really be a statewide reach where we all know we're looking at the same thing at the same time. So our star parties are really just a chance to give people who have never looked through a telescope to look through one and to really just look up at the sky. Uh, A lot of times, even just looking at our moon, we take for granted. But when you see that through a telescope for the first time, it is a gorgeous sight. Comparad loves the stars, and she wants to share that passion with the community. I've always loved outer space. It's it's why I got into science, the stars, or I wanted to be an astronaut since a little kid. And so it's, it's that love of science, and for me, it's my passion for astronomy, that I wanted people to be able to see it for themselves. There's nothing like looking through a telescope and seeing Saturn and its rings for the first time, or even tonight looking up at the moon and seeing all the details that we don't usually think about when we just see in our sky. We kind of take it for granted a lot of times. So one of my goals for the star party is to really 
give people those firsthand experiences and, and watch their curiosity just kind of blossom. So it sounds like people come to this event and look through telescopes. Well, no, there's more than that. There's also those booths that I mentioned inside the museum that have different educational activities. So kids use these binoculars to find all of the hidden animals that are drawn on there. Although the moon is upside down on this poster. Do you guys want to play? There was also a show happening in the planetarium and a long line of people wrapped around the outside waiting to get in. I low-key cut the line to see what was inside. It's a huge room with rows of reclining chairs that angle viewers' heads up at a dome-shaped ceiling covered in stars. There is a trick to help you figure out if you're looking at a planet or at a star. Have you all heard the song, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star? Yeah. Good, that means I don't have to sing it. (laughs) Because stars will actually seem to twinkle. That's a University of Minnesota student talking. Darcy Ballantyne guided the audience through the projection of the stars above them. This is Cassiopeia. She looks like a W or an M, depending on if you're from Wisconsin or Minnesota. (laughs) But she's a beautiful queen. Darcy described the stories of many different constellations, and the dome lit up with red lines connecting them all. It looked kind of like a complicated connect the dots. But really, we have been looking at stars and making shapes and telling stories for as long as we've been people. How do the star parties change from month to month? Well, Comprehend says that there's no shortage of new information to learn about the night sky. It's just inspiring how big it is, but yet how small we are, yet our place in the universe, and right now we're the only ones with life, but yet how small we are at the same time. It's, it's kind of a dichotomy there. It's really interesting. And when there's special events happening, like the transit of Mercury or an eclipse, the museum hosts separate events for those as well. What kind of people were at the star party? I felt like I heard a lot of kids. Yeah, it's mostly families that show up, and Comfort says usually around 200 people come. But she also said she would love if more college students would stop by as well. We're always happy to have uh, University of Minnesota students come, and the museum's free to them anytime. Uh, so it's a resource that we think we, we could... Um, definitely leverage more for them or that they they could definitely come whether it's the relaxing spaces or just come for sketching so anybody can show up to a star party yeah it's a free event and it's open to anyone in the community and tomorrow there will actually be another star party so you could maybe check it out if i can find time between studying for my finals maybe i will (laughs) sounds good thanks kendall thanks And here's the rest of the U's news. The Gopher football team suffered a blowout loss against Wisconsin on Saturday in its annual match for Paul Bunyan's Trophy Axe. This year, the teams also played for a slot in the Big Ten Championship against Ohio State. After Minnesota secured an early lead, a string of fumbles, sacks, and dropped passes resulted in a final losing score of 38-17. Minnesota's next bowl game matchup is yet to be announced. When the student council that oversees most of the university's fraternities was given $7,500 to throw an end-of-year party, it chose instead to invest that money into scholarships. The Interfraternity Council divided the sum into several scholarships for around $1,000 each to be dealt out to fraternity members who display financial need and high academic performance. 
The council's president said he hoped this gesture could help change the narrative around fraternities. And lastly, another one bites the dust. Oishi Poke, a pokey restaurant in Dinkytown, is closing and is set to be replaced by a dessert restaurant early next year called Mango Mango. Mango Mango is a Hong Kong-inspired dessert shop that will specialize in treats that taste like, you guessed it, mango. It'll be the 27th Mango Mango to open nationwide. This episode of In the Know was produced by me, Luke Diamond, and was reported by Kendall Van Horn. Our intro music is by J.D. Duggan. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And check out the Minnesota Daily Sports Podcast, the weekly rundown hosted by Paul Hodewanek, our sports editor. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening.